So we're going to be reading in Galatians, beginning at, at uh, verse 1. I'm going to skip around a little to verse 1, then verses 13 through 18, and I'm going to also uh, touch on the fruit of the Spirit as well. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desire what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. This is the Word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. So, how many fruit of the Spirit are there? How many did you, did you get? So Sam said nine. Nine. Any other answers out there? It's kind of a trick question. What are the fruit of the spirit? It's one fruit. Now, it, it, it is seen in different lights, right? There are different aspects to that, but it's one fruit. Fruit is singular in this passage. The nine are simply parts of that same fruit of the Spirit. One fruit with multiple traits. Fruit of the Spirit comes, it, it's a biblical term that sums up these nine visual attributes of a true Christian life. You want to, uh, if, if you want to take inventory of your life and you want to know, okay, how am I doing? Take a look at these fruits and see how you're doing. Most of us struggle in one area or another. Can I get an amen? amen. Some in many areas. Amen. <laughs> but this is that when you look at your life and you want to know, am I following where Christ is leading? This passage gives you that indicator. What does my life show? Does my life show love? Does my life show self-control, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness? What is my life saying to others? Because Paul is clear in our passage that this is what the Christian life looks like. And it's part of why we're on this journey, right? It's not a, it's not a destination. Not while we're here. We're on this journey of growing. It's why we keep trying to get people to read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. And, 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 but we're serious about that. Because if you want to know more about God, what do you need to do? Read the Bible. You got to get into Scripture. Hang out with other Christians. So get a mentor. Uh, find some folks in your life that can walk beside you and want to, who are willing to exhibit this fruit of the Spirit, right? Lovingly correct. It's not go and tell people what to do in, 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 in Scripture. It's to lovingly correct one another. We don't beat people up. We don't take the Bible and go, wham! You know? We got, there's plenty of that going on out there. There's plenty of Bible, Bible, people get beat up in the Bible. That's not what we're to be about. We're to lovingly, gently, kindly, 
engage in, in life with one another. That's what Paul is, is, is exhorting us to do when he says that we're created to be free. We're created to be free when we become a Christ follower. This flesh that, that bows us is not is, is subjugated to the Spirit. In the passage right before the, the, the verse 22, it talks about things of the flesh. So if you want to know some of that, there's, Paul has a couple of places where he has a list of kind of the, the, the indicators of a life astray and the indicators of a life of a life where it needs to be. But when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we're simply talking about the visible attributes of a true Christian life. These are the things that we can see. These are exhibited in the life of a Christian. And when Christ becomes the center of our life, these things happen. We're set free. We're set free to live, which we're going to talk about this week. Set free to serve, which we'll talk about in two weeks following our revival. And set free to transform the world, which we'll talk about in three weeks. So, Pastor Mike, what do we need to do to experience this freedom? Well, the biggest key is simple, but it's really a challenge. It's really a challenge. We need to free ourselves from our self-centeredness. Free ourselves from our self-centered view of the world. Because when we can do that, when we can, when it's about more than just me getting what I want, then I can allow God to do some things in my life that, that may not happen otherwise. the Spirit leads us to true freedom. And hear this, because Christ came to set us free. He didn't come to shackle us. He came to set us free. A lot of times people think, well, does that mean I can do whatever I want to do? As if true freedom means that anything goes. What would happen in a society if you could do, everybody could do whatever they wanted? Fall apart. Fall apart? Well, if we, if we live a little bit longer, <laughs> anarchy, right? Anything goes. And there are groups out there that are anarchists out there. Anything goes. Do whatever you want. That's not freedom, though. The freedom that Christ offers us enables us to transcend obligations, to transcend law. But we must do something. We must reject the flesh. When I say flesh, what do you guys think of? What does that mean? Skin. Body. Skin, the body. That's a part of it. Lord and ways are part of the, of the things of the flesh. And it encompasses wholly. It's a holistic thing. So, you know, it's the physical, it's the desire, it's the emotional draws, it's it's, it's the, anything that pulls us away from the things of God is the thing of the flesh. And there's a lot doing that in our world today. There's a lot of things that are trying desperately to move us out of step with what God wants, in step with what the world wants, and down a path that leads to destruction. But that's not what Paul wants us to do. It's real easy to focus on the negative. Right? <laughs> but tell me, I mean, what, what's easier for y'all? Is, is it easier to be critical or, or, or encouraging? You just don't focus on the positive as much as you do. Yeah, 
Yeah, we, we have this tendency, this draw that pulls us to, to what we do wrong, what we do wrong, what others do wrong. And then we also have this part of us that wants to make us look better than whoever it is. But we have this silly comparison thing that we do all the time. So when somebody does something wrong, well, there it is, and then I'm up here. And, and, it's, and it's not supposed, that's not what we're talking about this morning when we talk about the Spirit, the life of the Spirit, because when people falter, we help. We don't put our foot on it. But the flesh is trying to pull us away, right? In lots of different ways. I understand that it takes 19 positives to overcome one negative. In other words, when, when, if you've got a negative thought going on, then it's going it's to take 19 people, 19 somethings in order to overcome that. Many of us get locked into that place where, where we spend all our time beating ourselves up. That is not from Christ. That's from the enemy. If that's what happens in your life, know that. Romans 8.1 tells us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. If you're feeling condemnation, it is not from God. It took me 25 years as a Christian to <laughs> Read that passage, and read that passage, and read that passage. But because I kept reading, reading the Bible, there was a day that came where it went, That's you. That's you. Condemnation is not from God. I don't need to live under condemnation. God's not condemning me. He convicts me. Tells me, you know, try to keep me on path. But condemnation is not from God. If you're wrestling with that, if that's part of your life, know that it's not from God. From the enemy, it's from the, the past. Where it's coming from is not from God. So we're on this journey together. We're going to continue to grow in, our, in the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to grow in, in faithfulness. We're going to grow in kindness, all of these things. Because we want to experience the fullness of this life that Paul describes for us. That's what it means to be truly set free when we're able to focus more on what, what we do so that the things that we aren't supposed to do kind of get set aside because we're so busy doing the do's that we don't worry about doing the don'ts. If we ever get to that place, we've been set free for God's work. And this, well, I'm going to go off track because for some reason it's just in my head. If you're one of those folks who struggles with the don'ts, there's a lot of don'ts in the Bible, right? Don't, uh, don't, don't be a drunkard, don't lie, don't, there's a lot of don'ts. And it's easy to get so focused on what we're not supposed to do. And we get so critical of ourselves in that, in that time and in that place that we will never be free. If we spend all of if we spend all of our time focusing on those negative things and on the things that we're not supposed to do, then we're going to be stuck. And many of us get there because then we get rigid around scripture. Yes, we study scripture, but we don't study scripture so that it becomes legalistic. We study scripture to be set free by God. Not that the don'ts aren't important, but if we spend all of our time on the negative, we're going to miss the joy of Christ. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to a guy last week, and we're talking about passion as it pertains to the Christian life. 
Because if we do that, gave our gave our Y'all been to service before? Yeah? The pastor took his family to the circus and they were walking around and they were looking at all the animals, you know, because they got cool animals and stuff. They went to the elephant camp. And the elephants were shackled around their leg, shackled around one leg and shackled to the post. And they were doing kind of this, trying to see if they could maybe get free. And as a, that family walked along, they noticed there was another elephant that was not shackled, but it was doing the same thing. So they asked her, what, what's going on with that? He doesn't have a shackle. And yet he doesn't run off or doesn't go anywhere. And the elephant keeper told me, yeah, he, he thinks he's still shackled, but he's actually free. How many of us are living this life? This life that freedom that we're called to, but we don't let ourselves live it because we're shackled at this moment. What is it in your life that has you stuck? That you think you're shackled to? Christ, live freely in your hands. That would be a great thing to do. 